Welcome back to uh, a third installment of this uh, podcast, Three Guys in a Draft. So as, as always, I'm joined by Mike and Ray. My name is Carmen. And last night we had a live draft. Now, I've got to say that was a very interesting experience for me. I was very excited in the first 15 to 20 picks. Um, but, you know, afterwards I was thinking this this does end at some point right like how, how at what point am i gonna have am i gonna be able to uh focus on something else so like i mentioned we had our draft we had it on fan tracks uh it's a head-to-head league it's a points league there were 12 teams uh so this is a deep roster and what that means is that there are lots of positions to fill and i'm not kidding there are lots of positions to fill. Uh, how many? How many rounds was that? Was that like seventy-five rounds or something? <laughs> I think by the end it felt like that, but it's uh, it was thirty rounds in total. I think it ran what about an hour and forty-five minutes. It ran an eternity. That's what I felt. Um, it was you know good, good on good on people who do that. Honestly, I would have. If this was just me, I probably would have turned on auto auto draft in the first like after the first hour. Um, but that being said, there was a lot to learn that night. Um, if you, I will say it, we are going to post the live draft. If you want to see it in its entirety, we're going to post it on our Twitter account uh, three at three guys in a draft. We're also going to post our team that we end up ended up picking. And now this isn't just a random assortment of players. This was well thought out, not by me, but a well thought out, uh, a well thought out, thought out lineup. And and it's it's exciting to see the the thought that went into this because otherwise I'd be looking at this and thinking this is a completely random group of people. What would I know? These are just players. Um, but after experiencing the live draft, so I highly recommend checking it out. It really all makes sense. Well, most of it. So today, we're just going to talk about the draft. We're going to debrief the draft. Always good to debrief after you do something. Really solidifies the learning. Uh, and I kind of wanted to start with the idea that we talked about two episodes ago, we talked about balance. We talked about having a balanced team going in and ba- and balancing your 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 picks, you know, making sure that you're creating a well-rounded team. But what I noticed when we were going through it quickly, you guys navigated, and that didn't make sense anymore. You pivoted, and you pivoted to things like doubling down on pitchers. And I'm hearing things like there's a pitchers run or a run for pitchers, and and then you know we we pick two pitchers in the first two picks three pitchers in the first five picks and then by towards the end of it we're starting to see lots of spaces in the latter half and you know they're like i don't think we picked the second baseman until the 85th draft pick (laughs) Uh, you know or at at least what it felt like so i want to get your thoughts behind that like what what made you pivot from that balance theory and move to like this sort of like very targeted approach and it was the twentieth pick, by the way, Carmen. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm speaking in what it felt like. <laughs> speaking in hypotheticals, but um, 
I know a, a strategy I've used a lot um, in drafts kind of leading up to today. The In going through those drafts, I've noticed a theme where you have a you have very few high-end pitchers at the very top there. And compared to the actual position players, I find it's a much deeper uh, talent pool. Um, so I, I know me and Ray kind of talked back and forth because we have a little bit different philosophies on, on how to maybe build your team within those first few rounds. And I guess uh, my, my opinion may have swayed the direction of our team a little bit here. But um, my, my strategy going in was to maybe try and load up on, on some of these high-end pitchers in those first uh, few rounds to really solidify that position. And, you know, at that point, um, I think a lot of others had the, had the same strategy, just talking about some of the runs that we saw with pitchers. Um, we're still able to get some, you know, solid um, positional players to really fill out our roster at the, the top end there too. So, I think we're really still able to get a lot of balance within those first, uh, within those first five rounds that you mentioned, Carmen. Uh, but at the same time, I think we, um, like we got some great value with the the pitchers that we have, some high end arms. In uh, so our first two picks were Garrett Cole and Walker Bueller, which I think are, are great value at the the spots that we got them. Um, but we're still able to um, have a couple positional players that fell to us in the third and fourth round there. Um, I think to really balance out our, our roster at the top end. And, and to kind of add to that too, um, there's also kind of, I, I understand like you go, you go into a draft with a strategy, but the thing you can't control are what other people do. So uh, <laughs> sometimes they'll make picks or you'll see a lot of players, they, they have a different behavior than you've seen in another draft you've done and you kind of have to react to it. So that's also kind of why you see uh, a shift in uh, strategy midway through drafts too. So not all drafts are the same, no matter how much you prepare for it. And that's kind of what makes it fun, makes it more fun as well. So are we specifically talking about gigantes? <laughs> our, our nemesis, who, you know, for the viewers who did not see our live draft, which is all of you because zero times zero is zero. Um, Gigantes was our arch nemesis uh, in that he picked who we wanted every time uh, or many times before we could get them. Um, so that that all makes sense. But what what made you switch? What made you go from what made you change your your approach? To, to to drafting was it the other players and the way they were picking because mike i think you i think you um i mean i think it was justified but you you chirped at least four different teams and their picks <laughs> you know throughout so you clearly knew you could see what they were doing but what was the linchpin what made you think no now's the time pick these people uh, kind of like Ray said, you really just need to to be reactive to how other players are drafting. And it's like the whole concept when everyone zigs, you really just want to try and, and zag. And, um, you know, there was definitely a couple spots in the draft where pitchers were just flying off of the board. And, um, you know, as much as you want to have balance on, on your team, the, the most important thing is just making sure that you get good value for the picks that you have. And, um 
part of the reason you want to have balance on your team so you don't find that you're in a situation where you have to pick a specific player position like just being in a spot where like i need a pitcher regardless of who's there i need to pick a pitcher you, at the end of the day you want to be picking ultimately who's the best player available it's really should only be towards the end of the draft when you're really just trying to fill in those last few holes in your roster that you may just be drafting out of need or necessity but um yeah, it's well, what what about our draft? Like Ray, maybe you you could sort of touch on this, but you know, I noticed you said a few times that there's a pitcher's run happening. And so obviously it means that other teams are picking pitcher after pitcher after pitcher. Was there a specific moment in our draft where you thought it's not it, we need we need to double down on pitchers, I think outfielders was one of them and i think we did maybe third base really early on but we ignored the rest you know was there a, a specific moment where you thought you you should you, you it switched for you uh I, I don't think so 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 the one thing that uh was advantageous for us is that we did draft three pitchers in the first five rounds so that when we did see everyone starting to draft pitchers um, that was a good opportunity for us to uh, grab, um, I guess, more hitters that were still left on the board, and that would kind of be good value. So interesting. So so you so that's what's the the zigging and zagging. When there's a pitcher's run, you don't just you put yourself in a position where you don't just jump into that run. You want to then use that against them and and select from a higher level of hitter uh yes or like that that worked for pitchers but um we did have run into that issue with first baseman where um we were holding on to drafting one so we didn't draft one until the 14th round but we just kept waiting for first baseman and we saw maybe like three first basemen go in a row in the 13th round. So we mm-hmm. knew that we needed to pick someone just in the event that everyone else was kind of panicking and picking a first base as well. So it kind of works both ways. And Ray, I don't know about you, but I kind of blame Mike for that. Why do you say that? Situation. I blame Mike for that whole situation because this, you know, every time I said Mancini, Mancini, um, is that his name, Mancini? Um, yes, Trey Mancini was uh, <laughs> one player that we were looking at to fill in that first and, first base position. And I was saying first base, first base, and Ray, I'm pretty sure you said, yeah, maybe first base now. You know, Mike was the was the what at the time I thought was the voice of reason saying first base is uh, very deep. And so we'll be okay. <laughs> and so we. I don't know if it's necessarily a deep position, but there's definitely some depth options further down the board that I did like. So I, again, I didn't feel the need to necessarily try and reach to fill a position. Um, but I think because a number of those pitching runs, like we had positions on our roster, like you mentioned, like second base, Carmen, that's uh, in first base, we really didn't fill into the later rounds and. I think we kind of we kept identifying players that we could really try and target, but at the end of the day, there's just lots of instances where uh, different players just kept on dropping and falling, and you know their value is just too high to pass up at at certain points. So, actually, that's a really good point because that was something I noticed was that 
there were really good deals that were out there. And that's something we jumped on a lot. And so in terms of balancing your team and filling your team's roster and, or, or the decision between that or um, getting someone who has a really good value, it seemed like our, our decision-making process was that we should pick the higher value because in the end, they will be the ones to bring in points of any kind to us. And so Ray, would you say that that was, that that is A, yes, that's what we were doing. And B, would you recommend value over balance? Um, I think so, I, I would say so. Um, one of the greatest feelings is kind of w waiting on players or waiting on players and uh, they fall in a spot where in any other draft you would not be able to get them at. Um, especially especially for players that are on injury, so there's a little bit more uncertainty. Uh, mm. One example we had was uh, our, in the ninth round, we were able to draft Modesty from Kansas City uh, at the 101st pick. And he has been going at an average draft pick of 48. So basically 50 picks behind where most people would have drafted him. Wow. Uh, we were able to get him. But that was on the caveat that he was hurt. Um, so we kind of able to take that risk to do that, um, knowing that if we can kind of steer the ship with depth until he comes back, we'd be fine. Uh, and then another interesting part here is we had already drafted a shortstop by then, uh, before that. So we drafted Xander Bogarts in the fourth round. So it is kind of going against the grain, drafting another shortstop in the ninth round and mm -hmm. ignoring some other positions. But for the value you can get and the fact that in our league you can play them both in the same time because we have a what we call a middle infielder role um, that you can fit shortstops or second baseman there. Um, it's valuable that even if you have two shortstops, they can still be um, played at the same time. So um, that was kind of a great pick we thought would work out. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? So middle infielder, I noticed this when, when I was going through saying, okay, we need a catcher, a first base, second base, we have a third base, a shortstop. And then I got to, we need a CI and an MI. And then, and then it made sense again, outfielder. And then it was like a, a UT and then pitcher. Okay. So, so there are some spots in here. It seems like you, you have a little bit of flexibility if you see people when you're in this kind of situation, at least in this league, where you want to draft, uh, you know, a shortstop for example, as, as our example, and there's not enough space. And so, can either you, Ray, or Mike, maybe just talk a little bit about what these CI, MI, UT positions are? Yeah. So the uh, the CI position, as Ray mentioned, is or sorry, the MI position is your middle infield. And that just gives you a little bit of flexibility to either play uh, like a second baseman or shortstop, those two players that make up the middle portion of your infield. And the corner outfielders are would be your first or third baseman. So um, 
again, that's part of the benefit of having a, a deeper league when you when there's specific players that you really like and you find are falling and you may already have drafted that specific position like shortstop in this instance, um, you're, you still have, you're still able to take those players without really, um, you know, affecting your roster in other areas. Cause you have these spots that you need to fill. <clears throat> and uh, the utility spot is really just think of it almost as a free space. You can really plug in any, um, like hitter or batter in that position. So again, that just kind of gives you the opportunity if there's, you know, a specific player that you like, but you may already have someone at that, at their position. Uh, it still gives you an opportunity to put them into your lineup. Okay. So that's good. You get, you get a little bit of, a little bit of flexibility. Um, Ray, you, you talked about injured players and you talked about our decision around Mondesi and, and all that really, really makes sense. But I really want to dig in to, to injured players before we get on to our, our final thoughts here. And that is, so Voigt, Mondesi, Valdez, you know, these are all injured players. What, what were the decision-making? Why did we pick them? So I think I will have to caveat with the fact that um, injured players uh, is tough to kind of monitor deal with because obviously they're not you're not able to play them right away as soon as the season starts as well as um just because they come back doesn't mean they'll be able to come back like strong they still have to kind of get into the swing of things so they have to kind of warm up and then by the time they're actually effective for you it may be a few weeks into them actually starting for you so there's a lot of buffer time until they're actually uh, providing value for you while holding a position on your team on a week-to-week basis. <clears throat> so it's something to kind of be wary, wary about. But um, if you're really confident in, I guess, your ability to find uh, depth in the first few months where um, you're able to kind of be flexible and sit and find those I guess what is diamond in the refs on a week to week basis to start and give you points. Um, then taking risks on injured players is the best, especially cause you kind of have to remember that it's a really long season. So um, you may do poorly in the first three weeks, but if you get, um, you, you, you finish strong, that's really the best part of it. Cause you want to be able to have the best players going into playoffs or making the playoffs and then getting into the playoffs. Uh, I mean, sorry, going into the playoffs. And then when you're in the playoffs and you have a full roster, then you're a team to be reckoned with, right? Yeah. yeah and just yeah. to add on to that too, there's, you kind of talked, you used the word risk there and it can be a little bit risky picking up or maybe focusing your, your roster on some of these players just because even if they may have, um, you know, a specific timetable saying they'll be back in a couple of weeks or a couple of months, whatever the case may be, you know, there, there's plenty of instances where they may come back earlier, but at the same time, they may, you know, hit, uh, have a setback in their rehab or like Ray mentioned to just, you know, taking some time to, to get up to speed. And, you know, if you're not filling those positions and you're, you're drafting players that are just going to be sitting on your bench, that's at the beginning of the season, that can 
you know, it can put you in a little bit of a hole. Uh, but if you can be confident in your ability to find players later on in the draft to, you know, kind of hold down the fort and fill those positions for the time being. Um, we may have drafted a couple more injured players that uh, than I would have liked, but you know, for our first base position, we, we were able to get Luke Voigt in the 14th round, um, which is 164th overall. And I mean, this is a player that, um, you know, if he was healthy going into the year, he'd be like easily a top 50 pick, just, you know, considering hitting in the, the middle of the Yankees lineup and the power that he has. But I think we were able to confidently do that. And, um, you know, draft uh, Bobby Dahl back in the 23rd round. So I, and I think like he's going to be a, a good player that, you know, someone that can help us out, not necessarily just at the beginning of the year, but uh, someone that can still p- has a chance to contribute to our roster even later on in the year as well. So um, I think, yeah, being able to find some of that value help really later on in the draft helps to mitigate that risk. And, you know, all you need to do is, like Ray said, just get to the playoffs. And then if you're able to have hopefully a healthy roster, um, that, that can really give you a, a huge advantage, just getting good value, um, being able to pick up some of those player, players later on in the draft. Okay. Now, so that, that, that totally makes sense. Now, that, that, of course, is, you know, given that they're not injured for, you know, what's your threshold? You know, very quickly, what would be your threshold? Injured, I mean, these people all, all, I'm just checking here, all injured for 10 days. So obviously, you know, at the very beginning of the season, 160-ish game season, you're not too worried. But um, what is that threshold? I think it's a hard question to answer. It comes down to, you know, value at what point you're drafting them. You have to look at this specific, this specific player too. If it's, you know, someone that is injury prone has a history of injuries it may be a little bit weary that uh you know even if they do come back they they may have issues in their rehab or it may take them some time to get up to speed so um you know that that actually reminds me um in the middle of the draft mike was like i don't know if you remember this but he's just like oh that's just a meniscus or something i don't know he used some sort of like kinesiology word like oh that's just a meniscus minor and uh they'll be back in no time uh, you know that that heals quickly um so you know obviously there's that but another thing i want to mention, you know there's your knowledge of kinesiology that helps in this another thing i want to mention though is you know for all our viewers i'm speaking to two people who i didn't even realize the depth of knowledge that they have in sports and everything there is to know about these players. I promise you, I was scrolling down to like the six, seven, eight hundredth player on the drafting list, reading out a name. And one of these two could tell me <laughs> if they're having a good season and in, in, or the pre- good preseason, you know, what their, what their performance was like last year, what team they were, they went to. I, I couldn't, I actually couldn't believe it. How the hell do you guys know every all, single player that plays in the league? All I'm going to say is um, just wait till the end of the year uh, once you've gone through the process with us and you'll understand how. <laughs> You'd be surprised how much you can pick up as you go through through a season because not only you're paying attention to your players, you're, you know, you're looking at the team and who they're facing and you start to see specific names. So... Um, you know, it, it takes some time to get there, but 
you know, with, with fantasy baseball, once you start to get into it, especially throughout the summer too, because, you know, it's the dog days of summer. There's really not a whole lot of other major sports, um, you know, in a typical year going on past like May. So uh, all, all your focus does tend to be on baseball for the summer months. I am not sure my brain has enough space for that. <laughs> I'm just not sure. Um, okay, You're going to surprise yourself. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Listen, if I could remember the names of the people on our team by the end of the season, I will be very happy. Um, so I do, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you guys, so we're, you know, our final, our, you know, our last question of the night, or the final thing we want to talk about, what are your final thoughts on the team? Looking at this and, you know, both, you know, you, uh, each of you, I mean, I'll, I'll quickly give my final thoughts on the team. Uh, the process that we put into this, I'm sure created a great team. <laughs> so, so my whole perception is based on the intense process it took to create this team. Um, but I want to hear from you guys. What, what do you think? You Whichever one wants to go first. So Mike, <laughs> go ahead. I'll, uh, yeah, so I'll start us off here. Um, you know, it's really hard to evaluate your, your roster as you're just going through the, the grind of putting your team together, especially in a deep draft like this. But, you know, as you have uh, some time to, uh, to take a step back, one word we used a lot in, in that draft uh, last night is, is the word value. And I, I really think we were able to pick up some, some solid players that all throughout the draft and in, in those earlier rounds, um, like mid-rounds and late-rounds as well, um, to really fill in holes in our roster. And I know we kind of talked about we do have some holes, and uh, like maybe at first base and second base, not necessarily having um, what you consider to be like a, a solid player to fill in those positions. But at the end of the day, we were able to really, I mean, having a deep roster, you're, you're able to really extract a lot of value from um, like from the draft itself to really help maybe cover some of those holes. Um, the one thing is, I guess, final thought is we do have our, our three uh, big pictures between Cole, um, Bueller, and Ryu. But after that, there was just these huge, run, huge runs in starting pitchers. It would have maybe been nice to have... Um, like another solid arm to rely on, but I think we found some great value with our um, like with our relief pitchers between like getting Liam Hendricks in the eighth round, ninety second overall, I think is huge. Um, and there's just a couple like key guys too. Like we have a, we got a Iglesias in the eleventh round, hundred twenty fifth overall, playing for, uh, and he's with the Angels this year. And I think um, you know though those two players are just they, they play on good teams. Um, they're clearly the established guy, and at the end of the day, um, I think they could be really big values for us and really help prop up our, our pitching. So all in all, I think we, I really like our team. Um, I think we have some great value, and I'm just excited to get the season going. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm kind of agreeing on those thoughts, but I'm also I'm very. Skeptical, or like I'm very paranoid in terms of um, just the fact that we don't have that many starting pitchers. Um, simply because I've always considered relievers very volatile, or um, so like I want I try to keep a close look 
on how they're doing early in the season and I'm not scared to kind of pull the trigger if we need to make any changes um, because we do have some great high-end closers but like after that like even like Jordan Romero is is a closer for Blue Jays but we it could change next week right so like I'm I'm not that confident in some of our closers, but I think that the only our only correction is just to keep a close eye on how things are going on a day to day to make sure that they're being put in the right spots for us to succeed. And the same thing with like our second base or middle infielder, like Jimenez or Rojas are our picks that we ended up going with and Jimenez who plays for Cleveland is like is really young so um, I'm not sure what, what to expect so we kind of have to make sure we are looking on the waiver wires to see if there's anyone else that's doing that's getting a good start to the season so because I wouldn't be hesitant to replace him if we find someone better right off the bat right yeah, and I think uh, that pick, Fran, like we ended up, we were able to pick Framber Valdez in the 25th round, which I think, uh, considering the state of our pitching staff, is was a huge get. So, um, considering his rehab has been going well from, uh, like, from his broken finger, so I think, like, our offense, I think, is is quite strong. You're right, Ray, in saying that reliever is a very volatile um, position. I think we're, we're going to have to be really active on the, on the waiver wire and aggressive when it comes to, you know, just trying to pick up pitchers and really try and maybe fill in those last few spots um, on our roster. Uh, but if we're able to, you know, find some value and, you know, between Valdez coming back and if Trist, uh, Tristan McKenzie is able to, you know, take a step forward and deliver on that promise he showed last year, um, I think will be pretty good. I was curious. I don't know if you if there's one specific player um, or favorite that you have in, in the draft that we had just in terms of value. Oh, I'm I'm really high on Eugenio Soares, so I'm really happy we have him. Um, and I think so. He's a third baseman, but they announced that he's gonna play shortstop for full time. And in fan tracks, he's only third base right now. So once he gets that dual eligibility, um, I'm just really happy that we have that flexibility because if injuries come up or um, or someone's underperforming, we can pretty much swap them between third base, shortstop, uh, corner infield, or middle infield. So that's four potential spots he can fit in. And I think he is good no matter where we put up so i'm and he had a home run today so really high on him i don't know what do you that eight eight fantasy points yeah no i definitely agree with that call and like you said just him having that hopefully that dual eligibility early on in the season is just gonna um like make him that that easy to fit into our lineup and i think he was a great value where we were able to get him it was really cool to see you guys think through like, you know, dual eligibility. You know, we have some really good versatile players, not only uh, Suarez, but, you know, my take is that my, my take on our team, I guess, 
you know, other than the joke I made earlier, our versatility is really what I think is going to make, is, is just going to make us really strong. Like Jimenez is second base, third base, shortstop. Um, you know, we talked about Suarez just now. Um, we've got some, we've got some players who are second base shortstop, uh, you know, first base outfielder. I feel like we really have a good range of people who can fill in um, and, and, and for us to bring in some of the reserves, bring them up if, if we get any injuries. Uh, so that's what I would, and, and I would say that's probably a really, maybe not the first tactic you want to use when making a decision, but easily part of the decision making process. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think it's it's always nice. Like it's always an added perk when you're able to get players that you can kind of fit in different spots because you never know what's going to happen in the middle of the season, right? And so if you're able to plug in players where you're obviously lacking, then it's it's like an added bonus for sure. I I I'm always a big fan of flexibility because um, you get so many injuries, and especially with COVID, like you never know what's going to happen. So your best player could be out tomorrow. So having the flexibility yeah. really helps you, not just Don't on scare your, me, right? <laughs> not just on your current roster, but then like even the waiver wire. You don't have to find one position. You may be able to cut. You may have some wiggle room to look at other positions as well to fill in uh, your team. I love it. So, guys, I hope you guys have uh, recognized that was my first appropriate sports comment. Uh, only three shows in. Uh, my first <laughs> accurate-ish sports comment made right here you guys are doing a great job in teaching me how to how to manage fantasy i was gonna say like i can't imagine you saying that two weeks ago so i'm proud of <laughs> <See>? you <laughs> you've come a long way in the, in these uh, last few weeks Carmen, that's for sure. <laughs> you know what i want to get to and ray taught me this it, it's i want to get to a point where people no longer think it's appropriate to give me a compliment in sports <laughs> you know, like at this point you guys are totally like wow i'm proud of you good job but no one would say that to ray for saying something smart you know so <laughs> I, I i want to get to that level and i'm sure you guys will get me there um so that is that's unless you guys have any other last things you want to say i think we can probably wrap her up here um and well actually i'll, I'll ask that question first do you guys have any last things that you want to say I think, yeah, we, we had a lot of good insight on our team today. I think so, too. So, yeah. Ray? Oh, I was just saying, like, I'm just ready for the season to start because I guess today's been the season opener. and It's already been pretty exciting tracking these. Oh, yes. Off. Yes. Thank you for the 100 WhatsApp posts today that I understood. But you know what, guys? I understood um, 10 of them. So <laughs> yeah. honestly, progress. Um, now, listeners, you might be wondering, what does the rest of our show look like? So we, we've talked about drafts. We drafted. We talked about our specific draft. Now what? Now what? You know, it's not like we're going to go and draft another team. So the rest of this series is going to follow our team in this league. And so we're week to week, we're going to talk about 
things that happened in the league, but also things that happened in the league as it pertains to our team. And we are obviously going to win it, but um, we'll, we'll sort of track the progress from, from now to the end of the league, uh, which will take us to the end of the summer um, and then likely we'll move on to another sport. Uh, but I do want to mention one last time as well before we end the show that please head to at three guys in a draft on Twitter and three is spelt out, not the number three at three guys in a draft and take a look at our, our um, drafting process. My recommendation to all of you is when you're watching the live version, I would play it on maybe 1.5 to two times speed um and just get maybe an hour of your life back by doing that um and also take a look at our team tell us what you think on twitter drop some comments uh we'll, we'll and if you if you've got something for us uh we'll bring it up in the next episode and we'll talk about it and we'll you know we can have a conversation about why uh we picked let's take someone at random uh tommy fam that's not actually random <laughs> we did actually question why you picked up tommy fam but that's okay we're gonna he's gonna do great for our team uh and, and we want to hear your thoughts we want to hear your comments three at three guys in a draft take a look and we'll see you here we'll see you here next week <laughs> <laughs>